0: It's time for another episode of Dynasty Oasis Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Newts and Josh Adkins.
1: Greetings and welcome to the Dynasty Oasis Podcast. My name is Matthew Newts. With me this evening, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Joshua Adkins. It's great to be back with you, Josh. How's it going?
0: It's great to be back with you, Newts. It's been a long time. Uh, It's a week off from the podcast. We just never could find a time. You were traveling last week on the East Coast, so uh,
1: apologies to... New Sorry, England but, Territory
0: that's right. yeah, you in in Connecticut, right? Yeah, yeah. how was the trip?
1: Oh, it was lovely. Good time. Yeah. Uh, got some work done helping my brother get ready for a move. but uh, it was fun to to see the beautiful northeastern scenery and eat some <laughs> seafood as well. So had a good time. Glad to be back, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and we're excited to talk some football. We've got some uh, some ground to make up from last week. We're not going to talk a ton about uh, Week Five, which obviously we didn't uh, do a podcast for. But I don't know, maybe some of that will spill over into some of the guys that we talk about this week. Um, we're we're going to try a little bit different of a uh, a format here for the podcast. Like, you know, normally we had been doing uh, game reviews for every game, and then we had been doing game reviews strictly for uh, the three teams that we drafted in game draft, which is a segment that will continue on in a slightly different format. Uh, but we're not going to do game reviews in that same fashion. And, uh, going forward, I think it's more, well, I think a, it's, it's more object. Uh, we can give uh, listeners more actionable information by doing the segments in a, in a little bit different way, as opposed to, uh, you know, predetermining where we're going to spend our time. Sometimes those, those game draft games don't end up being something where, uh there's a ton of actionable fantasy stuff and we really want to try to help fantasy managers as much as we can here uh so we're going to try a little bit different format i'm not going to go through every segment that we're going to do on the show today but we'll uh we'll be segmenting the show a little bit more we'll be we'll still be talking film-based uh review things that we saw with our actual eyes in nfl games we're still promising as a as a podcast to watch every game every week Maybe not both of us watch every game, but at the very least, the two of us combined watch every game from the NFL slate uh, every week because that is what we believe in here is is watching the games and, and trying to communicate what we're seeing on the field from these players is the most important thing we can do. We're just going to present the information in a little bit different light. So, uh, Newt, anything you want to add?
1: No, I mean, just bear with us. We've been doing this for about a year and a half now, and uh, we're still learning the best way to provide you information. And I think this will be a good change. It may be a rocky start for us uh, just figuring it out. But you're right. uh, The game draft is super fun, but it's it's not always uh, easy to predict what's going to matter. So rather than spend 15 minutes talking about a game that I was excited about that ended up being just kind of a throwaway game, we're going to. Yeah, it makes I, I agree it makes more sense to one, to just focus on um the stuff that you know might matters more in hindsight.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to jump too far ahead in the show cuz we're going to talk about this guy in a second. The one that comes to mind is the Giants game from this week uh where you know I bet one of us would have picked that game just on the premise of Kadarius Tony alone uh mm-hmm. and then he goes out the first you know first three plays and I'll be honest that was about all the more I could stomach watching of that game. I watched a, a little bit of it live, but uh, it was kind of heartbreaking. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things where that's one of these games where there's not a lot of actionable stuff to say. We're we're missing all the weapons for New York, and they kind of just got ran over um, by a better team. And so uh, I, I think you're right. Yeah, talking about it in this sort of form and fashion is going to provide more insight and more dynasty advice as opposed to really trying to recap games that maybe don't deserve it so i think we should get right into it newts uh the first segment we're going to do is game balls i think it's pretty obvious uh these are guys that that were absolute standouts from the week and and you know maybe there's not going to always be necessarily actionable information here but i think we can have some ranking discussion when we talk about these players um i you know and i think it's just a chance to to shed a little bit light onto some of the top performers and maybe what it means for them going forward we, uh, we we don't talk a lot of IDP on this show, but we do know we have a few IDP listeners, so we are going to give a defensive game ball too, but we will try to be uh, more on the brief side of the IDP. So why don't you start us out, Nudes? Let's start with your uh, your offensive uh, game ball of the week.
1: Yeah, there's a few names that uh, are screaming at me, but I'm going to stay on brand and give it to old CD Lamb. Uh yep. Two touchdowns, walk-off winner, does the slowdown, and then uh, gets kind of pushed over and waves at the defender. I love to see it. Uh, helps the Cowboys get the dub over the Pats. That was a really fun game, by the way. But, oh, yeah, man. CD's a freak. I've been on a limb uh, basically the entire existence of this podcast proclaiming him to be my wide receiver one in dynasty and uh i needed a a strong game like this to feel a little vindicated because he was uh i was starting to second guess myself a little bit but not because of the talent just because dallas has been so run heavy but um i think they're finding their balance and i think cd lamb is separating himself as the alpha wide receiver in this offense Yeah, well, I think it's interesting
0: that he was – so he was targeted and and caught both on the first two drives of this game. Um, And then for a a vast majority of the second and third quarter, kind of disappeared. And in the fourth quarter, just absolutely went bonkers. And then in overtime, uh, I believe he had three more catches on that drive. Yeah, one was on an out route. One was a little bubble screen where he makes, like, three guys miss and and breaks a tackle. Um, And then, obviously, the game winner where (laughs) – uh, he knew that he had that the touchdown long before the ball was even in the air. He's pointing at Dak to go to the pylon, and and uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, he's a sensational player. Let's have let's have this conversation. If you're not contending, because I think if you're contending, Devontae Adams and Tyree kill come into this conversation. But if you're not contending, is there any? I mean, Ceedee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Is that the tier of three that you're really sort of? I mean, if you can make an absolute crazy offer, I mean, that's sort of where I think we're at. And I don't even know that it matters if we're contending or not. I think those might be the top three dynasty receivers at this point, and they've come out of the last two drafts. Am I crazy for saying that? Do you have Tariq and uh, Adams still in that tier? Where are you at with those five?
1: Yeah, I think maybe in the dynasty world, we're a little too quick to move on from the guys that are getting up there a little bit in age. But if your target is a high-end wide receiver that's young, it's pretty clear who the top three are, and you already named them.
0: Yeah, and I think they're all, I value them all very similar. I've been kind of uh, trying to egg you on a little bit the last couple weeks as Jefferson's been on a tear and Seedy's been a little bit quiet. Um I don't think that there's a right answer in that conversation, by the way. The, the right answer is yes to, to either. Um, I'll give my game ball this week. It's Jonathan Taylor. And frankly, a very similar story. Now, he didn't have really much to talk about in the entire first half. He did have a screenplay in the first half that was uh, uh, a nice run and uh, catch and run. And that's been you know a nice bump to his profile, frankly, this year is catching a few more uh, passes. Obviously, he had that long one a couple weeks ago um but then in the second half just absolutely was was dominant in this game uh it was nice to see that after the real long run i think it was like 68 70 yards uh he got tackled on i think the four and they gave him three consecutive carries inside the five and and a team frankly that has substituted running backs in and out that was a situation where uh as a taylor manager it was good to see him keep keep him in there he does pay off the touchdown on the third run um, and then scores again later in the fourth quarter. Um, the 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 guy that he always reminds me of and and I think is actually a pretty fair comp, maybe a little bit leaner, but uh, is Nick Chubb in terms of the ability to break tackles on such a regular basis. And then when he gets into the open field, I mean, the op- the the long run he had, uh, I did not think he had the angle, and all of a sudden he he turns on the jets and he's got the angle. For a two hundred and twenty player pound player, he moves so well. Uh, they need to not do what they did in the first half and feature him as a regular part of the game plan. Uh, but Taylor looks like, I mean, I don't think anybody was doubting it, but, but Jonathan Taylor looks like the genuine article.
1: Totally agree. Um, for an honorable mention for me, I want to talk a little bit about Noah Fant. Uh, he okay. has a big game. A lot of it came late in this game. I do believe he uh, may have tweaked his ankle a little bit too, so pay attention to that. But this is more of Kind of a, a it, macro real quick thing. Yeah. Real
0: quick. He was limited yesterday, but they they took him off the injury report. He's oh, okay. good to go for Thursday night football.
1: Right on. Um, I kinda wanna ask you just a one for one uh in your rankings or uh if you had this opportunity to make this trade, um, Noah Fant or George Kittle going forward in Dynasty. Man, that's
0: tough. I have him very close in the ranks, if I'm not mistaken. I think, you know, I had pre pre draft or I guess pre season, it would be the right way to put that. I had uh Kittle with Kelsey. I think at this point I would drop him into that Fant and, and Waller tier. Uh, which to me says if you can get anything on top of of Fant for Kittle, I would do it. Um, would I do it straight up? I don't know if I'm not I don't I don't even know if, if that's not the type of move I typically make. If you're asking in a startup which one I would choose, yeah, I well, think it's probably Fant.
1: That was kind of my point is it's not yeah. necessarily a trade you're going to make one for one, but I think the consensus in the community probably values them a little further apart still than they should yeah. yep. with Kittle. Um, you know, Even though he's hurt, I think people are just going to immediately vault him back into the top three when he comes back, and I love mm-hmm. George Kittle. But if I'm the manager of George Kittle right now, I'm going to try to trade him for Noah Fant and add on another piece because I, I think the perceived value gap is bigger than it actually should be. I think they're neck and neck. So um, I would definitely go out and try to buy Noah Fant for George Kittle or Noah Fant and you know, a picker or something for George Kittle if you're in that situation where you can maybe make an offer like that yeah, the one
0: issue I have with the with this call is simply that I don't believe in Teddy Bridgewater long term. I, I you know, that's fair. He was the right answer for this year in terms of keeping our fantasy assets above water uh, because he's certainly better than Drew Locke. But in terms of really truly unleashing this Denver offense, making Jerry Judy a top, you know five or top ten wide receiver in the in the same way that Jefferson and CD and Jamar Chase, some of the guys that went in a similar area and that we had similar grades on, uh, for him to get to that place, I really think they're going to need more than Teddy Bridgewater. And maybe not. Maybe, you know, he had like six catches and 70 yards in, in a half of football and then got hurt. And so we'll never know that. Or, you know, we we might find that out, you know, later in the season. Uh, but I still believe in Trey Lance. And that's the one issue I have with this call is that we don't know who the Denver quarterback is long term. I do. I'm sold even with the limited film and the sort of mediocre performance a couple weeks ago. Uh, before the bye, uh, that Trey Lance is going to be the real deal, and uh, he's going to be good long-term. I'll talk about Leonard Fournette as as an honorable mention as well here quick. Uh, I don't think we need to spend a bunch of time, uh, but I just want to say I had bad process on this one. Um, It wasn't so much that Leonard Fournette is an astounding player, but he's certainly better than anything else they have. Um, Tom Brady's not looking for somebody to be Alvin Kamara. He's simply looking for somebody that he can check the ball down to um, so that he doesn't have to take hits in the pocket. He's, he's very good at, uh, you know, instantly recognizing when he's got to play downfield, when he doesn't. And when he doesn't, he wants to just get the ball out to somebody else, even if it's a two-yard gain. Leonard Fournette's capable of doing that. We're only a couple years removed from a 60-catch season that was every bit as unspectacular as it's going to be in Tampa Bay here. But until Leonard Fournette is hurt or until he proves otherwise— He's he's a flat out top 15 running back in this offense. He looks good right now. I think he's a guy that's forever been a depressed value in Dynasty really since, you know, kind of the first year or two there uh, in Jacksonville. Go buy Leonard Fournette. I think you can get him for contending teams uh, at a bargain. Do you want to move the defense or is there maybe one other guy you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, let's move it on. Defense. uh, I'll go first. I'll give my game ball uh, because I suspect the other guy would give it to you want to talk about a little bit more than I do. I'll go with Trayvon Diggs. Um, Seventh pick of the year. Second touchdown seemingly locked up the game. I'm sure most of you were watching. That was a super fun game. And then the very next play does get burned on the double move by Kendrick <laughs> yeah. Bourne, which um, I'm not really going to fault Diggs for as much as just really smart coaching by the Pats to go after him yep. immediately after, yep. you know, that long return and celebration is probably mm-hmm. the right time to attack him. And he is a bit of a gambler. He kind of reminds me of a younger Marcus Peters, where there's going to be a lot of big plays. Sure. And yes, He may get burned every once in a while, but his coverage ability has been very, very good. And it is affording him to take some of these calculated risks and on the pick six skills. Yeah, Yeah, he has ball skills. You can tell he's related to an NFL wide receiver uh, in Stefan Diggs, and I believe he started out as a wide receiver at Alabama. So um, very, very likely to make things happen after the interception and very unlikely to drop the ball. He's becoming an IDP force and um, something that doesn't happen very often for cornerbacks. So, um, Yeah. He's probably been scooped up in your IDP leagues almost assuredly, unless it's very shallow. But uh, I think you w- might want to try to trade for him because I think a lot of these IDP and dynasty leagues don't quite understand how to value defensive assets when it comes to the trade market. I think he might be worth even paying a second or you know second round pick or so to Possible. try and get. Yeah, yep, I
0: think we should keep it moving. Uh, the one thing I will say on Diggs is he did give up a second touchdown that actually got called back. It was to, uh, why can't I think of Jacoby Myers? It was going to be his first NFL touchdown, and then it got called back. So uh, there's definitely some lapses in coverage, but the ball skills you can absolutely live with. Uh, on on mine, I, I don't think I can talk about anybody other than T.J. Watt. He was so good again this week, uh, 45 points in IDP one, two, three. 2 3 You saw the matchup on Sunday night. Football basically ended the game there uh, stripping the ball from Geno Smith and, uh, breaking my heart in a couple leagues. Uh, TJ Watts, the real deal. I don't think, you know, I think if we'd have given this, this award out every week of the season, he might've gotten it two or three times. Um, and I'll just quickly say honorable mention to Max Crosby, three sacks this week. Uh, one of the best stories of the league this, this year, I don't know what's going on in, in, in Las Vegas, but, uh, these redemption stories between him and Waller are are fantastic. And he's, uh, He's a try-hard player, but that's not to say that he's not talented. He is is long and mean and fast, and uh, he's kind of wreaking havoc right now. So uh, I don't think uh, what we saw this weekend is an aberration. Should we move it on to the uh, rookie
1: report card here? Yeah, let's do it. So – this segment's pretty obvious what it's going to be um but we're just going to talk about the rookies that uh, we want to talk about every week basically based on their what? film and actionable advice
0: yeah and i think you know with this being a dynasty podcast giving you sort of the idea of what's going on with these rookies how they're playing how they're being involved in their offense um sort of where they're at in the pecking order and how they're how they're you know creating these these points for you is maybe the most meaningful thing we can do in terms of film review at this time of of the year uh, we may change this segment up going forward, but I think a chance to highlight some of these rookies every week, and we'll try to stay away from the top of the board um, all the time. But I think uh, just kind of sort of hitting on these rookies every week and letting you know what they look like is uh, is about the most valuable thing we can do here in Dynasty leagues. So uh, let's start it off with Kadarius Tony. I did mention him briefly at the top. He looked uh, utterly ridiculous in the week of game film that we didn't have a chance to re- to review. Uh, Six snaps this week, created 36 more yards on three catches, and then turns his ankle on an absolutely unbelievable move. Uh, You know, the thing I'd say about Tony, and and I've been trying to really put my finger on uh, how to explain, you know, Jefferson and how to really accurately depict what it is that makes, you know, a guy like him so special or maybe even a guy like Tony so special um, in different ways, obviously— The ability to lean the wrong direction and then explode the opposite direction without a gather step is something that I think Kadarius Tony has. And it's something that you saw again from Justin Jefferson this week on on a post corner route where Kirk Cousins badly overthrew him. But it's one of these things where he can be leaning almost, you know, 15 degrees sideways to one direction and then without really having to gather himself, explode the other direction. And that was the play Tony hurt himself on him. He's leaning one way and then he slams on the. On the gas, going the other direction, and guys, I, I think a guy damn near ran into the into the pylon, uh, or the 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 sticks. Anyways, he's such a special player. If you can go target him based on this injury, I think it's. I don't know. Do you think there's a buy window here? Let's just start there. Is there a buy window on Kadarius Tony?
1: If the manager has not watched his film, okay. I guess. But yeah. if, if he has, probably <laughs> not. <laughs>
0: well, and that's, you know, the hope is that, yeah, he's in, in the complete dark. And, and Or
1: if some reason an analytical... Guy ended well, up with Tony, which is probably not the
0: case. Probably not the case, but I did. I did say this a couple weeks ago. I do think that there's managers in twenty percent of Kadarius Tony's cases that begrudgingly took him, that really right. had no interest in him. He was not a target player, but they were sitting in the late the second board round. Just ran out of names, essentially. Right, exactly, and so. I think it's worth maybe kicking the tires. I don't think there's a huge buy opportunity here, but if there was going to be one presented, this is sort of, you know, uh, probably the best chance we are going to get. Uh, their buy is, I think, week 10. Uh, it sounds like he may miss a couple weeks, but won't go on the IR. Uh, it's just unfortunate we don't get to watch him, frankly. And, and my lineups will hurt a little bit, but I nobody cares about that. Uh, who do you got next?
1: Uh, let's talk a little bit about Chuba Hubbard. Um, so- the... Uh, Christian McCaffrey had a setback on his hammy, so he had to go on IR. I'm sure you all know about that by now. So Mm -hmm. we're looking at at least uh, two more games, probably more, uh, of Chuba. And I've, I've found him to be basically exactly what I expected him to be kind of a one-cut guy with uh, game-breaking speed. I think he belongs in the NFL, and um, after this game, Matt Rule has said they they need to run the ball more, even without McCaffrey, and they need to figure out an identity without McCaffrey. And uh, I think they should lean on Chuba a little bit more. Uh, This offensive line has not been good in Carolina, but I think is the kind of running back, that can kind of succeed independently of his O-line with that one-cut style it's either there or it isn't and he gets what he can or he doesn't so um he's probably a buy for me still um you may have to overpay a little bit due to the McCaffrey injury but um i mean Christian this could just be a perpetual thing for him i I, ho- I really hope it isn't but um it's becoming pretty clear the the backup running back in carolina is, is pretty important to have and and we're locked into at least you know four years of that with Chuba assuming he plays out his rookie deal so I think he's still a dynasty target for me
0: well so things that I agree with and things that I don't agree with I do agree that he belongs in the NFL I believe he's put enough on film uh to say that he belongs at the NFL um and you know I guess the nicest thing that I could say about Chuba is is what you said the home run hitting ability even if Christian McCaffrey comes back if I'm trying to figure out how he could have a standalone role, I think it could be in that sort of Tony Pollard. The defense is a little bit worn out. We run a trap play that they don't really see coming. There's a big hole, and he can he can hit that 25 yard play and on 12 touches still uh, be pretty viable. That said, I don't think he's I don't think he is succeeding independent of this bad blocking. He's the best thing that I the thing that I like the best watching Chuba is he's very decisive, whether he reads it correctly or not is a different story entirely, but I would much rather have a guy that's just going to make the decision and go. And I think that's what Chuba is doing. Essentially, you mentioned the one cut style Um, with what you said about the having to overpay because of the McCaffrey injury. I think I am shopping Chuba right now because while I can paint a picture of standalone value, I don't know. I, do I trust the Panthers to really back off the workload on Christian McCaffrey? Now, maybe they're kind of showing us that with this IR stint. And, and what it sounds like is, is McCaffrey maybe pushed himself a little bit too aggressively. And maybe they do see that they need to take some touches. But I don't think we're ever going to see it get below a 70 30 when Christian's healthy. And I, I don't know. I don't know that Hubbard's quite talented enough to make that work unless Christian McCaffrey starts to really go downhill quickly. And that's, I I don't think any fantasy managers are hoping for that. I'll say Hubbard's Hubbard's a sell. Um, I think the price I'd be looking to get out as if I can turn a first into a second, especially if I can do it in 2023, that's kind of the price I'd be looking. I'd be targeting the McCaffrey manager. I don't think this lasts long term. Um, And it's not because I don't think he's, I think he's shown, basically he's impressed me based on what I saw on film as a, as a prospect at Oklahoma state. I think he's better than maybe I thought coming in that said, I don't think that there's some long-term standalone RB two or RB three here, even um, going forward when McCaffrey's healthy. So I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: Um, you make a lot of valid points. Um, for me, it, you know, some of the things you said are very hard to be pre- or to predict whether or not McCaffrey's healthy, exactly yeah. the kind of role he's going to have when he returns. Yeah, I understand. Um, you can make a case where he might just disappear. But um, for me, it's more of, I, I believe in what I've seen um, from film so far that he yeah. he can do what he needs to do given yeah. the opportunity. So I'd rather not um, be predictive of opportunity, but at the same time, maybe now isn't the right time to buy. But I'm just saying maybe um, keep your eyes open. And if if the price is right, I think I even would consider it. Well, I brought earned. up a
0: price. Would you pay that? Would you give up a, a 2022 first for a 2022 second and Chuba Hubbard? If Especially if you're the McCaffrey manager, let's say.
1: If I'm the McCaffrey manager, yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I think not. I would. If I'm not, uh, I'd maybe need to, to spice it up a little bit more.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Let's move on. Uh, should we talk Khalil Herbert? Because he got his first start. He's another rookie running back. i I was probably a little higher on him coming into the draft. I like what I saw this weekend. Um, similar situation, the difference to me being that uh, uh, David Montgomery to me is not Christian McCaffrey. See, I'm not trying to project volume here. I'm just trying to simply say that Christian McCaffrey is an otherworldly player. When he's healthy, oh, I just don't doubt. know. I just don't know how anybody—I mean, pick your pick. Kareem Hunt, uh, Tony Pollard. Pick the best second running back in the league, and I don't think they're getting more than 30% of the pie. To me, that's a little different here. I think Khalil Herbert has shown every bit as much as Chuba has, with the difference being that David Montgomery, I don't know, he's he's above average at the very least. I'm willing to give him that much, but he is not a spectacular player. Uh, Let me just ask it point blank. Do you think Khalil Herbert's going anywhere? Is this something that we're going to see just die out as soon as Montgomery and Williams are back healthy, or do you think he's earned a role the rest of the, uh, the year based on what you saw this week?
1: I'd like to think he earned a role. I was very impressed. So. And yeah. uh, he was, you know, uh, to victory lap ourselves and our, our, our advice uh, from shows past is I think both of us already had Cleo Herbert on yeah. quite a few of our teams. We didn't yep. need to blow some waiver money on him. So, um, yeah, I, I thought he looked really good in this game. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't find ways to use him.
0: Yep. Uh, I think let's keep it moving. Uh, Rashad Bateman's first NFL exposure. Sky Ma. Uh, Looked good. Didn't get much targets uh, or many targets, I guess, would be the proper English there. Uh, Down the field, uh, but did catch a few balls. Looked good doing it. You know, made a couple guys miss. Um, He looks explosive, looks healthy. Um, I'm a big fan of this Ravens passing game. And considering that they keep just getting injured more and more at the running back position, I just I, I really see this this Ravens passing game having to be the identity of the football team going forward. I just don't see any other way around it. They they've got the players to do it. Uh Devin Duvernay frankly impressed me a little bit this weekend. I know he's not a rookie, but I just figured I'd mention him. He's a player that I think is above board on in terms of NFL caliber, especially as a three. Mark Andrews looks great. Marquise Brown. I mean, this this team is is ready to go and I think uh, Rashad Bateman and and multiple receivers every week are going to get fed here. He looked he looked good to me, hopefully a few more targets down the field, but just the fact that he looked very, very healthy, I think was the encouraging sign we needed, frankly, to get him in lineups this week based on buys.
1: Yeah, I think what was coming out of Baltimore's beat reporters was essentially they were going to, maybe this even came out of Harbaugh's mouth, but they were going to kind of ease him into the offense, and yep. uh, so it's definitely worth paying attention to uh, the next few weeks to see how his role progresses. Um, I know we've talked to... Uh, or actually I'm changing my mind. Let's uh bring up Nico Collins. He comes back from a yeah from a short IR stint and uh I thought he looked pretty good. Um I watched yeah, some of this game, not all of it. I believe you watched this game in its entirety. I did. So you can correct me if I'm I'm wrong on some of this, but I, I did see a few nice um I think it was slant plays where he did manage to get some separation. And um, I know I've said um from my the college film I watched on Nico is he's not your typical tall, um, boring wide receiver that can only win on contested catches. I thought he yep. had more to his game, um, and I think he showed a little bit of that in this game. Well, a little juice after the catch too. He's a, he's yeah. a good player.
0: I think he's a guy that is you know. Uh, he's a guy that you could get slipped into a deal similar to the, the Noah Fant for George Kittle bit we were just talking about. If you could get Nico Collins, if you could get a second, something like that slipped in. I think that's the type of because I am a big fan. And I think maybe we can talk a little bit about Davis Mills, too, here. Um, right. And actually, maybe just have a third side conversation about the Houston, Miami, Washington rumors real quick if we want. But I've been impressed with Davis Mills. I don't know what your thoughts have been. I know you didn't watch this game in its entirety, but you've seen Davis Mills a couple times now. Um, I I like what I've seen. I don't think he's uh, otherworldly, but I think I look at what Houston has, uh, especially if Deshaun Watson is not in the Texans plans, and it appears that he is not. They need to rebuild the core of this team. They need some building block assets, and I don't think quarterback is where you're going to find those building block assets in the upcoming draft, especially with some of the things we've seen in college football very recently. Spencer Rattler, the presumed top quarterback, not even the starting quarterback for his own team. I don't want to get into a rabbit hole here, but let's just say the quarterback class maybe doesn't have that guy this year to at the top really sort of change your franchise in one year they're better off taking a corner like Stingley or Thibodeau or Davis Mills. I really do believe is, is the two-year plan for, for the Houston Texans. Beyond that, I'm not going to make any promises, but I've liked what I've seen. And I think he's basic. He's still so acquirable in sleeper and some of these quarterback penal leagues. I'm, I'm, I'm in, he's projected for negative points every week. I know you can go buy him. And frankly, he's kind of putting up negative point weeks and that's frankly kind of to be expected based on the weapons and what's going on in Houston. And I, I I guess it's hard to predict how that's going to turn around. I just know that I've seen this, something this bad look a whole lot better in just one quick year. And I don't think quarterback's going to be the way that Houston's able to do it. So I just wanted to kind of get in a plug for Davis Mills too, that I think I mean, if you if you offered a third and somebody even a little bit tantalizing, somebody you got off the waiver wire, maybe uh, for Davis Mills, I think you're going to get you're going to get bites right now. So uh, go make the offer. I think the numbers look way worse than he's actually playing.
1: Yeah, he was uh, always thought of as a project. And I, I, I know we weren't expecting immediate success. But what you look for is you know, attributes. And I think right. he's shown plenty of attributes. So I think I agree with you. I, I have been more impressed by him than the box score would lead you to believe. Certainly that,
0: better feet than I expected. He made a couple throws on the run this week rolling to his right where it was like, all right, that's, you know, that's sort of the limitation that I thought he had showing just that on a couple plays is, is so critical. I think to to his potential to be more than just a game manager.
1: Yeah. And he's got neck for days. Uh, who do we want to talk about next?
0: <laughs> well, I think we should go quick hitting. Uh, why don't we do? Uh, who do I? Uh, we, okay. So Kyle Pitts had his big game the week we were off. So let's just give Kyle Pitts a quick uh, pat on the back. He looked awesome. He had, you know, uh, he needs to follow it up. Obviously we need to see some consistency, but that was the type of performance people were looking for. So I just wanted to plug that in. And frankly, Pat Fryermuth too. Let's just give him a little credit for having his best NFL day some of these young tight ends starting to show out a little bit uh maybe you give a hit a quick hitter who do you got
1: um the quarterbacks Mac Jones uh has been great great um yeah. not statistically as much but of all five he's the one that shockingly, I believe in the most right now. Uh, (laughs) That would have been my last or the least expected one for me going into the year. But Mm -hmm. Mac has really impressed me. He's here to stay. Um, I'm fully confident that um, he's going to have a nice long NFL career. I don't know if there's super high upside in dynasty, but for a safe QB two for the next 10 years on your super flex team, that's very valuable. Um, Uh, And I think he may Shot, still a little bit acquirable. Yeah, people who, who drafted him in Superflex leagues
0: this year have already made a pretty sizable profit based on what we've seen. Uh, a couple quick hitters for me. Javante Williams continues to make one or two plays every week. That just lets you know how special of a player he is. This this week it was a uh, uh, an inside run that was completely plugged up. He bends it to the outside, stiff arms the guy to get the edge, runs for about 20 yards, and then hurdles a safety, picks up another like 10. He's such a spe- he's a really special player. I wrote an article about not being able to pull the trigger on him in any rookie drafts back in uh, I don't know that was probably in March or April. Um, I'm regretting it to you know at this point. He looks so good. I don't know that I ever took him out of that top seven or was advocating him falling out of that top seven, but he was definitively seven for me, and I was I was wrong, wrong, wrong. He looks fantastic. The guy I wasn't wrong about is Jamar Chase. I don't want to talk about any of his catches. The block he made. Uh, just outrunning everybody to the pylon and then, you know, converting a little speed to power and just laying somebody out was, was the funnest player of the weekend for me. Uh, both cause I have a little bit of mixing and that helped him score a touchdown, but also because it's just, it's so indicative of who, who Jamar Chase is and what a special player he is. You got any other rookies you wanted to hit on before we move?
1: Um, no, I think, uh, I think we're good. Let's, uh, move it on. Uh, you want to do buy sells yeah, so I think the idea here is we're going to, you know, at least for the
0: early part of the year, we're going to talk a lot of rookies to start. Uh, so that doesn't give us a lot of wiggle room to talk vets. So uh, we're going to do a buy and a sell of the week. We may have a price. I think we should have a, try to have a price, give people an idea of what they could potentially pay. Uh, but just one player that we're looking to buy maybe this week or maybe in a short window here the next 10, 12 days, um, just one guy, quick hitter. Who do you got, news? Who's your buy of the week or sell of the week? You can go either way if you want.
1: Um, I'll start with uh, James Robinson. And you kind of, we talked a little bit about this pre-show, but you yeah. brought in the name Daryl Henderson after I mentioned Robinson. And I think this advice kind of fits for both because I kind of feel the same way about both of these Great guys. Point. Where yeah. Very, very talented running backs that are being undervalued in the dynasty community. Is community because their value is perceived to take a big dip after the year yeah um i'm not so sure that's true especially for robinson because obviously cam Akers in la probably scares me a little bit more than travis Etienne in jacksonville um but robinson he's just still not getting the respect man he's just yeah. a, a badass running back And um, his usage early this year was suppressed because of bad coaching. And now that they realize he is the way they're going to win games, if they're going to win games, he's starting to get 20 touches a game. And when he gets 20 touches a game, he gets into a rhythm and he just wears the defense down and he gets better and better. Um, I love James Robinson. You might be able to get him for a first round pick. Maybe you need to throw in a little bit of extra piece depending on who the Robinson owner is and their lot in life, but mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of his value dropping significantly next year. ETN can be used separate, you know, independently Agreed. from Robinson. I think they can both find the field. Um, they may need it may actually hurt. LaVisca Chenault's value, if anything, you know, if Etienne kind of takes that joker role and then LaVisca needs to be just a wide receiver. So in a weird way, Laviska's value dropping next year is more likely to me than James Robinson's.
0: Totally agree. And I think, you know, you, you talk about Henderson, you talk about Etienne, I think both are players that can eat on a small value, you know, volume of touches. I'm, I've got Akers and Etienne in terms of fear level about equal, and I think I'm with you. I think Cam Akers has shown more on film, obviously at the NFL level. At the end, never played a game. Uh, in, in order to say that you know that's the better player right now, or I'm more confident that's the better player, but I'm more worried about that injury. So to me, they're about on the same Fair plane, point. and that's why.
1: That's Achilles why Achilles we'll, is no joke for a yeah. running back.
0: And I think we're a little bit more optimistic with what we've seen out of Marlon Mack, and that's great. But I think still. Uh, that one concerns me a little bit more. So in terms of fear level, that's why I thought they were so so relatable, and I thought that was a great point. Um, I'll talk about T. Higgins. You know, I was going to talk about Marquise Brown, but I kind of talked about how excited I am about this Ravens offense, that I think it's going to have to be the identity of the team. And I think with Rashad Bateman coming back, I think there's more concern that this won't keep up for Hollywood. He did drop a touchdown this week, so uh, that was unfortunate. But he, he's a bye to me. But I think the guy I want to talk about is T. Higgins. Uh, with all the hype surrounding Jamar Chase. We've talked about it now already on this show. He's basically a top five wide receiver in in Dynasty, almost no matter who you talk to. It just depends on where sort of he falls in that uh, pecking order. And that is going to indirectly obviously affect T Higgins. And I don't know that it necessarily should. I think T should be valued basically the same spot that we had him at the start of the season. Obviously, the little injury uh, issue he had obviously slowed things down and he's not had great weeks since he came back but uh, he's a bad a bad bad man a couple of these catches he had in this most recent game are just he's so physically so tough he provides something that Chase doesn't up the seam in some of these more physical contested catches Chase has been so good down the field he's legitimately taking the crown from Tyreek as the best deep threat in the league uh, but T Higgins is still going to have a role and I think what this really comes down to is, do you believe in what you've seen from Joe Burrow? And I think if you do, which I do uh, believe in 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 Joe and that he's a foundation quarterback and one of the, you know, kind of eight to 10 best building blocks in the NFL right now, uh, I think there's plenty of room for both of these guys to be top 15 guys year in and year out. And I don't know that T is probably getting that respect right now. So I think, you know, tough matchup here against Baltimore I don't think that hurts. So I don't think the window is like immediate. You need to go do this this instant. But he's a guy that over the next two or three weeks, I'm going to be sending out offers because the value has dropped because of Chase's amazing start. Um, And I think, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot and Jamar had had the slow start that the preseason was maybe indicative of and just being a rookie in general would have been indicative of. I'd probably be just saying the opposite thing right now. Go buy Jamar Chase. There's plenty of room for both of these players in this offense. It just so happens that he's been, you know, one of the best receivers in pro football already. T. Higgins hasn't his talent level hasn't changed from what we thought he was coming into the year. He's still a really good player. Go buy him if he's depressed at all in any of your leagues.
1: All right. Let's uh do a sell a piece and then move it on. Okay. Um I would probably sell christian kirk right now based on his surprising production well i've actually been somewhat impressed by his film this year i know but in this offense but you you have this chance and i i'm not going to talk myself into christian kirk you have this chance to probably get a second round pick for him or Mm -hmm. honestly i would target 2023 pick for him because you weren't counting on christian kirk being in your offense or in your lineups this year if you were still holding out hope um, yep. You're regretting taking him when or acquiring him. However, it much it costs you to acquire him. Now's a chance to just get out. Um, Arizona's offense is clicking on all cylinders. Someone might just want a piece of that offense. And uh, I think the, the honestly, in a weird way, I think the further out you 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 put the draft pick, if your league allows trading further out draft picks, the less real that year seems to sure. be. So yeah. you can really steal second. Round picks or even first-round picks. If you're kicking the can down a few years, if someone's really just wants to um, beef up, I I think it's a smart time to try and get 23 picks. A 2023 second
0: is that enough for you to get out? Yeah. How about if I said, give me Christian Kirk and a a third for a second?
1: I think I would. Um, Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think I would. Um, Because I just. You know, I am a little conflicted because I have liked some of what I've seen, but um, that's new for me. So I was never a Christian Kirk guy. So I think <laughs> I'm going to trust my overarching opinion on him over my short term opinion. OK,
0: and uh, I'll I'll do my cells here because I think we got to keep it moving. Uh, I'm going to talk about two quarterbacks. I'm going to talk about them a little bit in the same light. Uh, Jared Goff and Jalen Hurts. I'll just give you the names right off the front of the you know front here. I think they're both to some degree sells, I think, just for different teams and for different purposes. Jared Goff, to me, is a guy with a job, and it's not going to last for much longer. Dan Campbell couldn't have been really more transparent in his press conference this week about being disappointed that Jared's not giving them more. And after rewatching this game, there's a lot of opportunities that he had, multiple opportunities with DeAndre Swift out of the backfield on wheel routes where he just takes the check down. Takes the eight-yard gain, and I guess it's not a negative play, but there's more meat on the bone than Jared Goff is is even really attempting to try to get. And it's it's hard to watch. And it's it's sort of tanking everything except for the running backs because they do just kind of run the offense through them, unfortunately, right? Or well, fortunately, right now, I guess for, for managers. Uh, but Jared Goff is not the long-term answer. And the reason I correlate him to, to Jalen Hurts is I think there's there's very much concern in Philadelphia or or for fantasy managers I should say that you know Philadelphia does not want him. And based on the last three weeks and what they have in terms of draft equity, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they decided to go a different direction. So I guess the reason I say he's a sell is because I think there's at least a chance. I don't know what the percentage is. I'd say it's a 10, twelve something that Gardner Minshew takes his job before the end of the season. And so if you are a contending team and you are relying, if Jalen Hurts is a big portion of the reason why you are where you are, I don't know that I would be counting on that all season. Now, I believe in the player long term, and I think somebody else will give him a chance because this is team number one and only year number two. Jared Goff is, to me, you need to get him off your team before the end of this season, before the trade deadline if you have one. Uh, So he's a sell this week and he's probably a sell every week going forward. Find the week where he plays well and sell him because this is going to be team two that I think rejects him. And this one's going to be a clean sweep in one year and he's out of town. And, you know, they didn't have to give up much for him. They've got the the ability to do that. And maybe he finds a job one more place. He certainly has the arm talent to play in the league. I don't think uh, I'm trying to think of the nice way to say this. I don't think he has the gumption. To hang in the pocket and take hits and throw the ball downfield and, and be a risk to be the risk taker that they need him to be that NFL teams need you to be to some degree uh, calculated moments, obviously, but I don't think he has a job next year. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get him off my team before the deadline.
1: And I think this week is a really good chance with all the good quarterbacks on by and Baker sure. being out Thursday night. Now, um, I'm in a few dynasty leagues where, or super flex leagues where legitimately, like, I don't have a healthy quarterback to start this week. And it's, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. But, um, and I guess you could pick up David Blau in a super flex league because Dan Campbell certainly made it seem like Jared Goff is, uh, I'm short leash short short leash yeah. and David Blau is the only quarterback on roster I can't believe I'd ever bring up his name on this show but uh NFL starting quarterbacks matter in some super flex leagues even if they're as bad as David Blau will likely be
0: <laughs> fair enough let's move it on uh the last segment we're going to do here before we do our our game draft like I said a little bit different we're going to draft all the games this time but I just wanted to talk a little bit of uh macro we'll call this bit macro minute I don't know the alliterations are fun right Uh, A lot of conversation recently about zero RB, especially with all the RB injuries. Chubb hurt, Gibson hurt, Barkley hurt. Uh, Obviously, Etienne went out for the season, McCaffrey. I don't need to go on any further. Managers out there are nodding their head. They know what I'm talking about. And it's led people to say things like zero RB was the strategy this year. Um, You know, I've heard the, the idea kind of of going back to 2016, the way we valued players in Dynasty in terms of, you build your team around wide receivers. The building blocks are wide receivers. And I guess what it's all kind of led me to is sort of, and I can't get too long-winded here because I know we got to keep it moving, but that is sort of where I started my dynasty career. That was the over overriding wisdom. And then we had the 2017 running back class with with Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon and Alvin Kamara and Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey and Kareem Hunt. Uh, and and it it really created this sort of uh, influx, this golden age of running this backs, arms race
1: for those yeah. guys, and,
0: and, for those for guys. Couple, and for a couple of years, along with what Todd Gurley was doing, what some of the already established running backs in the league were doing, Le'Veon it, Bell, it it felt like you could not win without one of those absolute stud running backs, and so all of the thinking in the industry switched, and so I guess the point, I, there's really no point to saying that other than to just kind of give everybody a history lesson. The point that I want to make. Is the correct strategy in all those years as this sort of cyclical market goes up and down and we sway from wide receivers is the way to build teams. And that's what everybody is doing to running back is the only way you can win leagues. And as this sort of tips back and forth, the, the correct strategy year in and year out is to do what people aren't trying to do. If everybody is chasing running backs and guys like Clyde Edwards of our vaulting ahead of, you know, blue chip prospects like CeeDee Lamb, just take the value and smile and just keep moving. And don't worry so much about what won last year and what won the year before and just be willing to zig essentially when everybody zags. And so. I'm looking at this looking forward, Newts, and I think you're hearing a lot of this conversation about zero RB. I think zero RB or anchor RB, even if you're just talking about taking one early and then really uh, neglecting the position for six, seven rounds after that or, you know, in dynasty trading out of some of those second tier guys. I think there's going to be a chance to go the other direction, especially when you look at the 2022 rookie class. I don't think we're going to get that influx of talent until 2023. And so I think we're going to see a huge switch in the thinking and the mindset of dynasty managers over the next year and a half. And what I'm advocating is not that that's right or that's wrong, but that when when eventually this thing topples over and ends up too far in the wrong direction, the way we ended up maybe a year or two ago with running back, be willing to do the opposite. Don't be, you know, uh, beholden to the groupthink you know, I'm not going to victory lap on zero. I, beat, I built some teams around running back this year the same way that I built teams around wide receiver and zero RB. It, nobody's right here. It's just that identifying what everybody else is trying to do and be the one or two teams that doesn't do that. It provides you an edge beyond uh, sort of a macro strategy in terms of you're picking from a pool of players that very few other people are at different points in drafts and at different points in the way you're attacking value in existing leagues and so i just i kind of wanted to get your thoughts on on that idea and sort of where we go and if you believe that this thing is cyclical or is there something that's driving why sort of wide receiver is now being boosted up as opposed to running
1: back yeah i kind of hate themed strategies for team building just uh on a surface level i think it's kind of stupid it's what it comes down to is finding good players and um i think what i do rather than try to come up with a fancy sales pitch and coin zero rb or this is my strategy you should all try and copy it is i'd rather just uh pay attention to um, surplus and deficit in each position group. Exactly. And this year we're seeing a clear deficit in running back. So these strategies are paying off because if you faded the high-end guys, there's a good chance you're not dealing with a crippling injury. And there's a good chance you spent mid-tier picks or uh, acquisition on some of these guys that have filled in, just hoping, you know, you're throwing darts out there. And yep. uh, when it, you're it,
0: using your waiver bucks to yeah. get guys like Herbert and, you know, right. and there's and there's s- ways to do it. Um, clearly,
1: some of those dart throws are paying off this year. Yes. And uh, this is a dynasty show. So a smart zero RB manager or someone that's following that theory would probably try and uh sell off those assets as quickly as possible before they lose their value and uh just keep churning that but i don't know i do um like building my dynasty teams around the wide receiver position um as a general rule of thumb just because sure uh, they have longer careers if i can tie one to a really good quarterback i know i've got um a really big asset tied up tied down for a long time and Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of fantasy um analysts out there that will say um build your team around the wide receiver position the other ancillary positions and then go and trade for running backs when you're ready to contend Yeah, and that, that does make a lot of sense um but I don't really like, I, just to bring it all back, I don't love trying to build my team around some theme. I just, it feels kind of corny and content creator-y. Yes. Just trying to get Twitter likes and stuff like that. I, I just, I, I trust my evaluation process and um, I'm going to take the players that I like the most. <laughs> it's, it's really as simple as that. Yeah. I mean. And
0: again, uh, I'm I'm with you. I think, again, what I said is, is I'm trying to zig where everybody's zagging. To me, that usually does say zero RB, or you know, the term now is anchor RB. You take one, one running back, and then you let you know go zero RB beyond that. Uh, that is sort of what I've been doing because it seems like everybody is so RB focused. Uh, I think as we swing back, uh, you know, I had a draft this a startup. I believe that we were both in where I ended up with Barkley, Gibson, Swift, and uh, a fourth guy uh, that ended up being sort of a high end pick. I think it was uh, it's not important. The point is. I'm willing to take four swings at running back if, if that's what people aren't taking if that's the way the draft board falls you're absolutely right don't go into drafts with some preconceived notion of how it should go down be willing to uh adapt adapt to different strategies and execute different strategies sometimes you just have to try that out uh, i think let's move it on to the game draft here um We've got 13 games this week. We're at about 50 minutes, Newt, so I think we got to fire through. Uh, I will give you the first pick. We haven't picked in two weeks. Why don't you just go ahead and lead us off?
1: All right. Um, sorry, I should have been more prepared for this. Um, you know what? I'll take Philadelphia at Las Vegas. That game's kind of standing out to me right now. Um, I want to see um, more of uh, the Philadelphia running back situation play itself out. So uh, Kenny Gainwell's usage has dipped a little bit. I, yep. Miles Sanders has been having a weird year. So I just want to see that um, if I can gain anything from that.
0: Yeah. Las Vegas has been one of the, uh, the funnest teams to watch week in and week out this year. I think I've said that a couple times and Henry Ruggs uh, Frank, well, you know, Brian Edwards too. give him a little bit of credit. They both made some big plays this last week, but Henry Ruggs continues to, uh, Make a player too, kind of like what I said about Javante Williams. It just makes you think uh, there's trustability and there's there's bigger numbers coming down the road for him. He's such a talented player. Uh, to me, the number one was easy. Uh, this is the, the the Jets and and the Patriots. The Jets coming off by. Let's see what Zach Wilson has. I think, you know, talk about depressed assets right now. I think there's a lot of people nervous on on Zach Wilson. I am not. Uh, and then the other name uh, one, Mac Jones, you, you already brought him up. Uh, is probably the, the most impressive rookie quarterback so far, although I think Justin Fields took steps this week. Uh, but the last name to bring up is Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I did that, I did that film study bit in the offseason where I, I watched Najee and then I watched Ramondre back right back. And I said, I basically see the same running back with a little bit less pass skill. The pass profile was good at Oklahoma for Andre Stevenson, and frankly, he looked really good in that area this week. Ran like an arrow route up the field, caught it sort of, you know, running the wrong direction, looking back at the ball. It's not a uh, a comfortable catch most times for running backs, certainly something that Damian Harris uh, would never even be asked to do, frankly. Uh, I was impressed with Ramondre Stevenson. The issue is he blew another uh, blitz pickup and got Mac absolutely lit up again. And so it's one of these sort of tug-of-war things where can we find ways to get Ramondre involved in the pass game without having to ask him to block? Uh, our team's going to blitz them when Ramondre's out there and force him to stay in the block. Uh, it, it was a little bit concerning. After he blew that protection, though, he did score a touchdown. So uh, Ramondre Stevenson is a guy that's impressing me. Uh, who you
1: got? Um, I'll take Cincinnati at Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, you talked about T. Higgins as a buy for you. We talked about um Rashad Bateman and he's really the reason I'm picking this game I just Heck want yeah. to see more Bateman so pretty simple explanation there yeah,
0: you get to watch Bateman and Chase I'll just real quickly say on that game I'm avoiding all Baltimore running backs if I can help it this week I know it's it's a really tough bye week and if you have to start one you know I chip sharing a chance at a touchdown on any of them but I'm trying to avoid them in any way if I can I think Cincinnati's kind of become a little bit of a pass funnel they're tough to run against and, and people are passing on them so I'm trying to avoid those Baltimore runners if I can. Uh, Fun bit here. We get to kind of choose Sunday night football and Monday night football in this bit now that we don't have to worry about uh, avoiding the prime time. So I'll I'll go Indy at San Francisco. Uh, It sounds like uh, Trey Lance will not start in this game, but can we see Brandon Ayuk get incorporated back in? What does the San Francisco running back back you know situation look like? It it sounds like Hasty could be back for this one. Obviously Elijah Mitchell health, healthy. What does that mean for Trey Sermon? Is he a healthy scratch? Is he active? What does the breakdown look like? I don't know how you can trust any of it. And Jeff Wilson's looming right around the corner as well. So I think that's maybe the big storyline. The other one that I think is a little bit under the radar. Uh, this team's two and uh, excuse me, uh, Indianapolis is two and four. Carson Wentz cost them a first-round pick if he plays 75% of the snaps. They're getting to do-or-die time with Carson Wentz, where it's time to pull the plug if if they keep losing ball games. So and well, they
1: just cut Jacob Eason surprisingly. I, no, so
0: he got claimed by the Seahawks. They took him off practice squad. So so they didn't cut him. But yes, I, they uh, they might have to start Ellinger or something like that when they uh when it eventually comes down to it. But they can't just give up a top 15 pick or a top 12 pick to keep starting Wentz and sell tickets or something and chase something right. that's not there. Uh this is an important game from a, from a real life NFL standpoint, from a fantasy perspective if you've got Carson Wentz, not just because he's probably in your lineup and super flex, but because he needs secure his, to secure his job and really securing his job is uh, it's it's a win-based thing because if they're not winning it does not make sense for them to keep playing him. So, uh sorry, I just wanted to
1: get that out on Wentz. Uh who do you got um, I'll take Kansas City at Tennessee. Should be a fun football game, but also at, at some point we're probably going to need to talk a little bit more about Derrick Henry. We don't bring him up a lot because <laughs> there's not actionable stuff. If you have right. him, you're winning. If you don't have him, you're you're not winning as much. So, but uh, I think it, it'll probably be more an off-season conversation. How long can this last? But um, at the same time, he's just so fun to watch, and uh, I'm gonna enjoy watching him bulldoze more people.
0: Yeah, I have my doubts about whether he can keep this up with uh with with what sort of touch pace he's on on uh, on you know on on pace for i think 500 touches right now uh on just tangentially on that on that uh point Nick Bolton's looked really good Kansas City linebacker I know so we're not going to talk a lot of IDP but I go through all these matchups and that was the name that kind of stuck out to me as the one that's worth mentioning he's playing better this could be a smash start for him in IDP leagues uh as I'm sure they're going to run it 30 times and Derrick Henry's catching the ball now so it sounds like a lot of tackles to me. Uh the next game for me is it's easy, Chicago Tampa Bay. Uh we get to see Khalil Herbert again. Damian Williams has not been activated off the COVID list. Tough matchup obviously. Uh with Tampa Bay, nobody really tries to run it. One thing we did talk about in the pre-draft process uh, process, excuse me, uh was especially at the senior bowl, Khalil Herbert is adept in the pass pro game. Uh, Tampa Bay's got a really good defensive front Chicago does not have a good offensive line I do think even if Damian Williams is back it would not shock me to see Khalil Herbert maintain the number one role and and frankly outsnap him pretty significantly. Uh, the other thing I just real quickly wanted to say and it's kind of related frankly. Devin White very well might still be the very the very very best linebacker in the league. The best the number one linebacker the number one player I would start a defense with in terms of that position. With how little teams are running the ball against Tampa Bay, he's no longer the elite IDP asset he once was. And I just wanted to get that out there. It very easily could change in a year or two as they start to lose parts and maybe they're more, you know, teams are trying to do that more. It could switch in this season. But the way things are working right now, if this is going to be the the way this thing operates all season, it's tough to trust Devin white week to week. And I hate to say that. Cause in my league of record, he's, he's like on my, you know, on my team and one of my favorite players to watch. It's not working right now. Cause he, they're running the ball eight times against the bucks every week. So I uh, just wanted to get that out there. Who's your next game.
1: Um, I'm debating between a few, but I'll settle on Atlanta, Miami. We haven't seen Cal Pitts in almost two weeks. Well, last week we didn't Good see pick. him yep. by yep. week. So uh, I just want to see his progression. And, uh, Tua, can you do something to prevent Miami from trading for Deshaun Watson? So, lot, uh, lot to look for there. Tough spot for Miami here. They've they've traveled now back from London. They don't get a buy,
0: and they play an Atlanta team that's coming off of 14 days rest. This this seems set up for uh, for a tough matchup for yeah, Miami. check the
1: check the point spread in this game. There might be some uh, sports betting advice to take Atlanta here.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not much of a better, but that seems like a line that should be bigger than it probably, uh, probably is being made out to be. Washington at Green Bay is my next pick. Uh, I can do this one real quick. Amari Rogers needs to play more for the Packers. He looks good in his limited touches. I don't know why they haven't tried to figure out a way to get him three or four touches every week, but seemingly they won't. He's still a guy I believe in, though. Um, and then uh, Jared Patterson. If Antonio Gibson is ruled out of this game, not so much actionable information here but I'm just excited to watch him run. I'm I'm a fan out of Buffalo. Uh diminutive, but you know for his size he's packing a, a decent punch in terms of power and balance. Uh I think he's a guy that can can do some of the tough sledding despite his size. So I'm excited to watch him this weekend if in the unfortunate event Antonio Gibson cannot go, who do you got?
1: Um I'll take the uh the exciting return of Jared Goff to mm-hmm. Los Angeles, I guess. Uh um, <laughs> the last game. How do we... <laughs> we're running out of games here, but uh, I guess, uh, yeah. It's not really anything to do with Detroit. It's just going to be Rams porn. I want to see Cooper Cup.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's fair enough. Cooper Cup, you know what? He deserved a game ball. Let's just give him a game <laughs> ball here on the back end of the show. He's he probably deserves the season long game ball at this point. He's such a stud. Um, I will take what's my next highest one. I will take Houston at Arizona. Uh I think this is a spot to plug Chase Edmonds into your lineup because I know everybody's hurting for running back and then turn around and look to sell him in a, in a week or two, especially if you're sitting in a standard league. I I don't know. I I bought in early in the season or actually in the preseason. I'm I'm back out again. He's never been a player that I've been able to accurately value. This is a problem with me. Uh, for Chase Edmonds, it's not so much that I dislike the player. He's not going to have the goal line role. And so if you're in a standard league or, frankly, if you're just looking for upside, I don't think he's got it. I'm a little bit worried about what I've seen from Edmonds. But this is a smash spot against Houston. Uh, Plug him into your lineup and then maybe look to try to trade. Right on.
1: Um, I guess I'll take the Monday night game. Kind of forgot about those. New Orleans at Seattle. Jameis has been kind of fun um i don't think michael thomas is ready to be back yet right it, no i don't think so, so we're either. not gonna see him we're not gonna see Russ. um frankly it's kind of just a, a obligatory pick this game doesn't interest me much
0: i think from an nfl standpoint it interests me i i came up with two linebackers when i tried to put the names together for that one so i I'm, i did not accidentally forget about the prime times i cared I, I picked the one that i care about i'll take the other one unfortunately here but it's not super exciting it's the thursday night game uh, pretty much the entire Browns roster is hurt. I Go think ahead. if you can avoid anybody on the Browns, I would. I know a lot of you picked up Dearness Johnson. It's okay. I understand. Play him if you absolutely need to. But if I can avoid it, I'm trying to stay away from Browns. You probably have to start your Broncos, but I'm not all that much more encouraged about them. This team just seems to me like a stay-away game. I think it's supposed to rain and be awfully uh, crappy weather in Cleveland, which, I mean, hey, it's, it's October in Cleveland. I, I, can, I mean, hey, we're from Minnesota, so... Who am I to talk? What's our last game?
1: Uh Carolina Giants. This would not have been the last pick if Kadarius Toney was likely to play. Probably no, no Kenny Galladay. Um, who's the other guy that's hurt there? That's no Barkley.
0: Probably, uh, no no, no Barkley. Oh, yeah. Well, no, Slayton got a limited up. practice today, so we'll oh. see.
1: Sterling Shepherd has impressed me a little bit this year, so get more eyes on him, I guess. And uh Chuba Hubbard, we talked about him earlier, so that's what I'll be watching for out of Carolina.
0: Those are the two bullet points I had. Nice job uh let's get out of here newts i think we're a little bit over an hour but i think that was about perfect uh we are going to try to do this more segment based show we're going to try to switch the segments up uh talk about different things to some degree every week you'll hear game game draft from us every week but aside from that we might try to mix and match and do some different things uh but i kind of like how this went what would you think
1: newts yeah it was a lot of fun uh it was good to be back uh again apologies Definitely. for the For the week off last week, Josh's phone is uh, telling him he has a trade offer from uh, someone in ESPN. So, No, the the Minnesota soccer
0: team won. That's why the podcast had to get interrupted. That's (laughs) how big of news it was. Sorry about that.
1: Uh, That's all right. (laughs) um it's amazing you went a whole hour without a notification if your phone I, was on
0: i know i that's it's shocking because sleeper is pretty good about getting these things out and they've been hitting me with plenty of them tonight so i, I can't believe it, it it only reared its head in in minute 62 as well but uh yeah i think let's get out of here we've got you know the same plan next week we're going to come out middle of the week either tuesday night or wednesday night it'll kind of be a flex but uh you'll for sure get a show from us next week apologies again for missing Uh, but newts i'm glad you had fun on the east coast and uh i miss talking to you so it's good to see you uh thank you everybody out there for listening please leave us a five-star rating and review if you'd be so kind uh it's the best way you can help us out thank us for the show uh you know we don't make any money off this we just like doing it and we we appreciate anybody who would be willing to do that so uh thank you very much i'm at dynasty oasis on twitter you are at nasty newts uh let's get out of here newts
1: yes see you guys have a good week uh Football, man. It's fun. Watch it. Be back next week.
0: It's it's hard to believe it's flying by. I know. All right. Next week. See you then. Bye-bye.